everybody. Good morning. Uh, it is Friday. Uh, good to have you with us along for the ride this morning. I'm in my kitchen at uh, my house and my wife, as always, is seated just to my right. And uh, and uh, we're just going to we're just going to have a devotion today. This is a devotion number four as we count down to one. If you have been keeping track and what's going to happen is when we get to one, then we will uh, officially announce what is going to be our new schedule for the devotions. But what I'm thinking is, as I have stated to you, if you've been along with us for the ride, is that we'll be uh, going to a twice a week schedule. And uh, as always, put into the comments there where you're watching from. And it's always good to meet new people. So let us know where you're watching from. And if you're new with us today, and also if you have any prayer requests, just throw those in the comments as well. Uh, before I get started today, I do I do just want to make a comment about the death of uh, George Floyd, and you know a lot of a lot of things are being said about that, and uh, I don't mean to add you know any negativity to what is happening out there right now, but but I will say I can't see motives, and neither can anybody else. I can't see what's in a man's heart. Neither can anybody else, but I can see when a man's knee is on another man's neck for seven minutes. And uh, I watched the video because that's what I do. I, I try to stay up with the news. And when I watched it, it just made me sick. And, you know, if that officer's disregard for, for George Floyd's life um, came because of racism that he has in his heart, then, you know, God have mercy on his soul. Uh, but no matter the motive, no matter the reason, the result obviously was death. And I'm praying that justice is served. Um, and I, and I, I just want to say to the people of color that are in our church family, and we have many, um, yes, absolutely. There are some terrible people in this world uh, there's no question about that, but I, I do want you to remember not all people are terrible and your church family is your church family and we love you so much. You are, we consider you our brothers and sisters in Christ, just like we do anybody. We have a, a diverse church and, and everybody is welcomed and everybody is loved. And I just think you need to hear that today, that, that we love you and we care about you and, and your church family is, uh, praying for you and as we pray for our nation and you are safe you're safe with us and if you're on board with me with that church family just give a hearty amen right now right i know you would if we were in the same room together um what we're doing right now in our in our uh, devotionals is this <clears throat> we're doing 10 days of persevering scriptures um one of the most important things in the christian life is uh perseverance. <clears throat> Why? Because oftentimes there are periods of time when uh, it's not all fun and games and you got to have holy grit, which is what we've been calling it, uh, holy grit to keep on going. <clears throat> and we must keep going, even in a pandemic, especially in a pandemic when things are kind of hanging on a little bit too long and uh, people are not able to get back to their lives. You gotta have, you gotta have godly grit, man. Holy, holy grit. And so today, what I want to do is I want to look in the Hebrews chapter twelve, 
and uh, probably going to add some scriptures along the way as we go here, but Hebrews chapter chapter 12, and we're going to begin in verse 1, and this verse, if you're looking at it, or if you're there yet, Hebrews chapter 12, it begins with the word therefore, and a rule when you're looking at the Bible, and when you're going to learn from a particular scripture, is you got to see what the therefore is therefore before you move on in that text. I'm going to do the same thing on Sunday, because the text that we start with on Sunday is going to begin with the word therefore, as we continue our way through the book of Romans. So this one does start with therefore. So in order to see what it is therefore, this chapter 12, verse one, you got to go back to chapter 11, which uh, coincidentally is the same thing that's going to happen on Sunday because I'm going to be in chapter 12, not of Hebrews, but of Romans. And we're going to go back to chapter 11. So chapter 12 of Hebrews here, going back to chapter 11. And when you go back to chapter 11 of uh, Hebrews, you find this wonderful, wonderful list of people from the Old Testament. They, some people call it the Hall of Fame of Faith. You got all these, these uh, spiritual giants, these heroes. And, uh, and, and the, the writer of Hebrews, we don't know who it is for sure. Uh, some people think it's the Apostle Paul, but there's no way to know. But uh, the, the writer of Hebrews kind of, in some cases, tells a little bit more about some of their stories, but just you know, list them out. And says basically from their stories, from their stories, it should help us. We read their stories, we look at their stories, it should be helpful to us as we persevere in this life. And so Hebrews chapter 12, beginning verse 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, we talked about that before. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning his shame. And then he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So he says, you know, he refers back to the list that I'm going to... Uh, over the next few days, probably as we conclude these uh, persevering devotionals, I'm probably going to go back to that list a little bit and pull some names out and talk about those names and how they persevered, just like we did with Job yesterday. But uh, then he says, Jesus, you know, consider Jesus, man. He, he kept on and he endured for you. And so when you're having a tough time, when it gets difficult for you, consider the Hall of Fame of faith and those people and also consider Jesus and what he endured as well and how he persevered so a uh, long story short here the devil your enemy wants you to grow tired he wants you to give up the devil he, he wants you to quit on your marriage he wants you to quit on your your dreams on your goals he wants you to quit on your kids you know on your family he wants you to quit trying uh the devil is going to do everything he can to destroy you to attack you to discourage you to defeat you to disappoint you let's do it now don't let him do it don't let him do it instead what the bible calls us to and what we've been calling it and i i, I think this is appropriate what the bible calls us to is gritty faith or perseverance or endurance or the lesser loved word patience I like gritty faith better, man. <laughs> it calls us the gritty faith. Uh, let me uh, flip over to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 
sorry to jump around, but I feel like I need to right now. Second Corinthians chapter four, uh, verse eight. It says, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. I'm just going to tell you something right now. I feel a little perplexed right now. I feel a little perplexed. Hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, uh, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. And it's kind of cool that he, it, four different times here, he says, you know, things are things are not good. Things are not good. We're hard pressed. We're perplexed. We're persecuted. We're struck down. But then he ends each one of those phrases with, but we're, we're going to keep on going. Like, this is tough. We're going to keep going. This is tough. But we're going to keep going. This is very difficult right now, but we're going to keep going. And I love that because one of my, and if you've heard me speak, you know, that's one of my favorite passages of scripture is over in Proverbs chapter 24, verse 16. Proverbs 24, verse 16. I learned this a long time ago when I was a kid. It says, though a righteous man falls seven times, he gets back up. Though a righteous man or righteous person falls seven times, what do they do? They get back up. They fall down, they get back up. They fall down, they get back up. They fall down, <laughs> they get back. They just keep getting back up. And, uh, you know, the, I don't think it's a coincidence that the, the, the number seven is used here because God's perfect number or his number of completion in the Bible is uh, the number seven. You know, seven colors in a rainbow, seven days in a week. It's like the, the, per, the perfection number, the completion number. And he says, though a righteous man falls seven times we or continually or all the time it's just something that happens but continually the person who falls if they are a righteous person and that means they're doing their best for god um and and and, and then what they're going to do is they're going to get back up they're going to get back up even even good people stumble sometimes and every one of us stumbles every one of us makes mistakes every one of us you know has a bad day every one of us gets discouraged or defeated disappointed sometimes, but a major characteristic of people who follow after God is this. They get back up. They just get back up. They get back up. But how do you do that? How do you, how do you, how do you get back up? How do you keep on going? How do you uh, run with perseverance, the race that is marked out before us, as it says in Hebrews uh, uh, 12, 1? How do you keep on keeping on? Well, uh, I'm just going to throw out a few ways for us today. Uh, one is that you remember how much God loves you. Just never forget that fact. I think that's just a, an amazing motivator to keep on keeping on is just to remember, man, God loves me. You know, I might be having a bad day. This may not be my best effort. This, I may be having a bad year um, and, and or this pandemic. And the, the slowdown, the lockdown, the, the quarantine is taking its toll on me. It's taking its toll on my business or my work or my finances. You know, but God still loves me. God still loves me and God is good and God's got a good plan. And Gene Apple uh, spoke at our church. Uh, it's been a year or two ago now. And he's a good friend of ours, him and his wife. And they live in Southern California. He's got a church in uh, Anaheim, California. Big old church, man, in, in California, and they're doing a great job. But back when he was the pastor at a church in Las Vegas, and uh, 
with God's help, that church just under his leadership just blew up and did great. And by blow up, I mean, they reached a whole lot of people. And But in the in that process, um, his marriage ended. I mean, his and it was one of those he describes it as, you know, he was clueless. And his wife kind of walks in one day and says, you know what, I'm out. I, you know, didn't sign up to be a pastor's wife. And so I'm leaving you and out the door she went. And he said, it was just, it was like that, man, that everything's going good at church. And then his marriage just crashed and burned. And so it was just kind of strange because you got a guy who's young at the time and he's got thousands of people coming to his church every weekend. And he looks, you know, successful as a pastor, but he said he was broken. He was a broken man. And it was an extremely, extremely difficult season in his life after, after she had left. And I heard him probably one of the first times I heard him ever speak. I was at a conference and he got up and he was telling his story and I'm in the back of the room. I'm in the, 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 the grandstands, you know, at the back of the room, like we have at the 288 campus. I'm back there listening to him from a distance. And he started telling the story of that season, that just very difficult season that he went through. And he said he didn't know what to do and he didn't know how he was going to make it. And he said the only way that he made it and, and what he would do on a regular basis is he would sit in the middle of the night. He would sit in the middle of his bed. He'd pull the covers up over his head and sit there and sway back and forth and sing, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And you think about it. He's the pastor of a church of thousands of people. And yet he said he found his strength in that little, what we would refer to as a little kid's song, because he just had to continually remind himself that Jesus loved him. And uh, I'm just telling you, man, you know, when, when things get tough sometimes, sometimes, well, all the time, man, we just need to go back to the basics. We need to remember that God truly loves us. And he loves us so much that he did send his son. It was all done out of love and that you're important to him. You're a masterpiece. You're his handiwork and that he loves you. And you don't have to prove your worth to him. And there are going to be days when you just bomb, man. It doesn't, you know, there are days when you get up and you're like, man, I, and, and, and it's a swing and a miss and a swing and a miss. And you're like, wow, this is not, it's just not working today. And even on those days, God loves you just as much as he does on your best days. Because God just loves you, man. God loves you for who you are. You are his child. You're created in his image. And I think in the middle of this mess that we're in, when maybe it feels like we're wondering, does, does God care? Does he see? Yeah, truth is, God cares. He sees, he knows, and he loves us. Something else that keeps us uh, with holy grit in our tank and helping us to finish strong is to remember that we're not God. To remember that we're not God. God loves us, but we're not God. I think I think too many of us try to be uh, Superman or Superwoman. We try to do too much. You know, a lot of us are fixers. 
We just want to fix whatever's wrong. And ultimately, we have to come to grips with the fact that uh, we're not God. And we can't fix everything. And we can't do everything. And we can't help everyone. We can't just, we don't have that kind of uh, capacity in us. Only God does. And uh, over in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, I love what the Apostle Paul says. He says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God. It's from God. So it's in us, but it's from God and not from us. So I, I love that verse because he's comparing us to jars of clay. We are jars of clay. Some of us have bigger jars, are bigger jars than others, but we're jars of clay and some of us are crack pots. I've heard that before, but we're jars of clay. And But inside of us, even though we, we have these fragile, frail bodies made of clay, he says we have a treasure inside of us. We got a treasure inside of us. You think about that. You, God would put something so valuable inside of something so imperfect. You know, you take a, a clay pot, you drop it, it's going to break. Um, but here you go. You, God said, okay, where, where can I put my treasure? We're going to put the treasure of my love, my spirit, my sanctifying work. Where, where can I put this treasure of salvation? He said, I'm going to put it in jars of clay. I'm going to put it inside of people who are fragile. And so we have that treasure in us, his salvation, his Holy Spirit working in us, his, the whole sanctification process, the, all the promises of Scripture. Um, an eternal soul. We got it inside of us, even though we're very, very fragile. I think about there's one time in my life when I ran track and I'm not a track runner. I've, I've run since then. And, um, you know, I've, I've, I'm more of a long distance guy. I've got more endurance than I do a uh, sprinter in me. And and but but in but in but in high school one time the, the basketball coach the reason I ran track the basketball coach decided it would be a good idea if everybody who was going to be on the basketball team would run track then he would have guys who were more in shape when he got to us and so I had to run track and and I remember being on the bus at first track meet and I'm sitting like a row behind or seat behind the uh, the coach and the coach is trying to figure out who's going to run what race and he's got all these bas basketball players who don't have a clue and. And he goes, okay, let's put listen down for the 440. And he turns around to me, you're in the, we're running the 440. I was like, I don't even know what the 440 is. Yeah. That mean I run for four minutes and 40 seconds? I had no clue. And if you don't know, it's like a one trip around the, the track or maybe a quarter of a mile, you know. And so that's the race I was going to run. And and uh, so we get off the bus at a first track meet. And the guys who had run track were trying to tell me how to do it. And so they said, okay, you know, they're walking me through a couple of them or walking me through. They said, you're going to start right here. You're going to go around the track and, but, but don't run hard. Don't run hard. Just take it easy. Just pace yourself, run around the track until you get right here. And they showed me a point, which is about maybe two thirds of the way through the race. And they said, then when you hit this point right here, when you hit this corner, right here, when you hit this spot right here, man, you pour it on and you kick it to the end of the race. And honestly, I can remember such a traumatic experience in my life and so much pressure. I can remember thinking when they're telling me this, they're saying, don't run fast. I was thinking, 
I mean, we're, uh, this is a race, man. You run fast. You're supposed to run fast. I, what is the deal? How do I know more than track guys? That's what I was thinking at the beginning. And so I remember being on that line and I'm next to guys who like, they got on the really little shorts, you know, and, and uh, real skimpy little shirts and they're skinny and everything. And they got on the, the spikes on their shoes. And I just had on kind of regular shoes and all that and, and, and more basketball shorts, you know, like sweat shorts and stuff like that. I'm thinking, wow, what am I doing here? And the gun goes off. And I took off running as fast as I could. And here's the truth. I was in the lead. I was in the lead. I was leading these guys in their fancy shoes. They were behind me. And I can remember as I'm going around the first turn, I was thinking, dude, this is easy. I am smoking these guys. Maybe you were born to run. That's it. That was what I was thinking, you know. And, and meanwhile, the guys that were trying to coach me were on the infield, you know, so they cut across the infield and they're yelling at me, slow down, slow down. And I was thinking, I'm winning. I'm winning. You don't know how to do this. I do. The basketball player is going to show you a thing or two today, you know. And then, boom, it happened. When I hit that point, when I was supposed to, like, run fast then, I had nothing in my tank. And not only that, actually slowed down. I slowed down a lot. I didn't walk, but man, I came pretty close to it. Meanwhile, the guys in their fancy shoes that had been behind me the entire race, they passed me like I was standing still. And I finished the race in dead last place. I mean, I was about dead and I was in last place. And uh, why did I finish in last place? Because I did not pace myself. And I, I want to report something to you today that I found out on that day. They don't give you a medal for coming in last place. I don't know if you know that or not. No medals. And there's no medal for the guy who leads the race two-thirds of the way. You get nothing, man. They don't even look at you. Uh, the, medals, the medals go to the winners. The medals go to the guys who pace themselves and who have what they need at the end. And I guess what I'm saying is this, if you want to have strength to persevere to the finish line, you got to pace yourself. You got to pace yourself. We, we are, we're in a weird time right now. Uh, honestly, leading has been weird during this pandemic. I listened to a podcast the other day. Um, this, he was like a trauma guy or a, uh, a counselor or something and and but but he dealt with people who were going through traumatic things and he said one of the most stressful things that a leader can face is not having the answer to the question what are we going to do what are we going to do that's like one of the most stressful things for a leader because leaders feel like they're supposed to know what to do and where we're going to go and how we're going to take the next hill and all that and he says, but one of the most stressful things that you can face is not knowing what to do. And when people ask you that question and you feel like you're supposed to have an answer, and you don't have it. That that creates a certain amount of stress. Uh, one of my friends from Chicago, a pastor in Chicago, he uh, sent this, uh, I guess it would be considered a meme. Maybe you can see it. Can you see that? It's a, got a pastor in the middle and then all kinds of bubbles around the pastor. And I just want to read you the bubbles that are around the pastor. Uh, the one, one at the top says, 
you can't open the church building yet. It's a huge health risk. You're wrong if you do so. Then the next one says, it's all a big hoax. It's a conspiracy. It's a media frenzy. Read this article, this link. Don't be afraid, pastor. Then the next one says, my, uh, my grandparent died, just passed away from COVID-19. The next one says, here are 25 things you need to do if you want to meet in your building ever again. Then the next one says, my family is going to stay home for a while before coming back. Sorry, we're not going to be there. The next one says, don't ever open the building again. Being at home and watching is so much better. Then the next one says, we need to open the church building. I need to be there and see everyone. What are you waiting for in capital letters? And I'm just telling you. Honesty time, that's what I'm feeling right now. That's what I'm feeling. And uh, some of you who are leaders or maybe some of you who own your own businesses or maybe uh, you're on a team and you're making decisions that affect other people, you're trying to figure this out. You're trying to be smart. You're trying to make wise choices. You're trying to lead well, but you don't know what to do. And maybe, maybe that's starting to get to you. So what do you do? I'll tell you what to do. You pray about it. You pray about it. You ask God to give you wisdom. James chapter one, verse five says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously without finding fault and it will be given to them. That's a promise from God. If you and I need wisdom, all we got to do is ask and believe that God will give it to us. In fact, that's what the next verse is saying. So it starts with, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously uh, without finding fault and it will, it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. This person should not think that they'll receive anything from God. So we ask. And at the same time we're asking, we believe that God is going to show us the way. It's a promise that we have in scripture. And so here is how I'm able to sleep at night, believe it or not. Here's how I'm able to sleep at, at night and have been able to do so my whole life, pretty much, no matter what's going on. Uh, here's how I'm able to keep a pace in my life, which I don't do perfectly, but I attempt to do as best I can with God's help. I pray. And I ask God what to do. And if God doesn't tell me anything, here's what I do. I keep doing whatever it was that he told me to do the last time he told me to do something. You, you, you understand? So I know that I'm supposed to be doing this, but I'm wondering what am I supposed to do now? And if God doesn't tell me anything different, I just keep doing what he told me to do last. Until he says otherwise, I just keep on persevering. I keep on pushing forward. It's kind of like if, you, if you're working at a warehouse or something and the boss, uh, you show up at work and the boss says, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to stay here on this loading dock. And when a truck shows up, I want you to unload it. I want you to stack the boxes over here. And if you show up at work and, and, and you start wondering, what am I supposed to be doing? What am I supposed to do, be doing? The truth is you're supposed to be doing what the boss told you to do. You go out to the loading dock and you unload trucks and you stack the boxes. And you may wake up one day and go to work and, and, and you're unloading the truck and you start to think, what, what am I supposed to be doing? What am I supposed to be? The truth is you're supposed to be doing what the boss told you to do last time he told you to do something. You just keep on doing, keep on doing what God has asked you to do. And this is, this has been my MO in life for a long time. Just keep being faithful to God and what he's told you to do until he tells you to do anything different. Pray for wisdom. 
believe that God's going to give it to you and he will give it to you. And until you hear anything differently, keep doing what he has told you to do. And then uh, one, one more thing, and I think that I'll quit. Uh, probably all of us need to make sure that we have this motivator in us in order to persevere through this situation and, and whatever's next. And that motivator would be love. Love is a great motivator. And let me explain it this way. If I was, uh, you know, driving through the, the mountains and got hit by a storm or something and, uh, and, and had to get out of my truck and walk to safety, I may not make it out of that situation alive. I might not. Let me tell you something. If I had one of my grandkids with me, if I had one of my grandkids with me, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, I would make it out alive. It doesn't matter what happened. It could be bears, it could be mountain lions, it could be snow, blizzard, zombie apocalypse. I'm just telling you right now, I would make it out alive and I would do so for their sake, for their sake. And we've seen examples of this. We've seen, you know, a mom take on and beat up a carjacker because of her baby being in the car that the carjacker is trying to steal. We've seen a dad walk like 50 miles in a blizzard to get help for his stranded family and losing parts of his fingers and toes and feet in the process. I'm telling you, love is like a superpower that enables us to go further than we would if it was just all about us. And so I want you to think about your life right now. Your life is not all about you. It's not all about you. I don't care if you're alone right now. Purpose for you than just you. And so when we open up our, our minds to that and realize that what we do affects people and we have love for those other people, then here's what we do. We put our boots on, man. We put our boots on and with God's power, we get out of that stranded vehicle and we start walking in faith. That's kind of what we're doing right now. We're walking in faith. Um, over in yeah, in the love chapter, First Corinthians chapter 13, it says love endures all things. Love endures. Love perseveres all things. So, yes, love is a great motivator for persevering. And then uh, one more, one more, then I'll quit. I would encourage you, as we go through this, to find a way to recharge every single day. Recharge every single day. Over in... Um, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul's talking about how life can be very difficult. But, but then he makes a statement. He says, you know, though outwardly we're kind of wasting away, uh, inwardly we're being renewed every single day. And honestly, I feel that. I feel that. Like even though this has been tough and I got, you know, questions and <laughs> some pressures. Uh, I feel like God has been renewing me every single day. Like is it here this morning, right in the seat, a little while ago, 5.40, 5.40 in the morning. The sky was just red over here as the sun was not up by that time, but was starting to hit the atmosphere on our side of the earth. And it was just gorgeous. And I'm just reminded of the fact that his mercies are new every morning. His mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. And uh, probably 
maybe, probably the, the greatest motivator for persevering, for having this holy grit in us is not external. It's not in, internal. It's eternal. It's eternal. And uh, yeah, that's good. I'll spend some time on that on Monday, maybe. But amazingly, God's eternal love somehow gets rebooted every morning as his mercies are new for us every single morning. And it's that constantly refreshing eternal love that helps us look, you know, beyond mortgages, beyond the stock markets, beyond the bills, beyond the pandemics to a day when all of this will fade away in our memories and we'll stand in the presence of almighty God. And maybe today you, you, uh, you're like, I don't know how much more I got in the tank. I don't know how much more I got in the tank. I don't know how much longer I can keep doing this. Let me just say, take time to be refreshed by the Lord every day. Just take time to let him, his mercies be new in your heart. And if you feel like quitting, you know, on your, on your job or on your, uh, dream, on your marriage or whatever, maybe today God just wants you to hear this. Don't quit. Don't quit. Keep on keeping on, man. Persevere. Have that endurance. Have that patience. Have that holy grit. And with God's help and His Spirit in us, it's possible. All right. Need to quit. Well, tomorrow is Saturday, so there's not going to be a devotion. Tomorrow, that's that's uh, okay, but I will see you on Sunday morning, 9.45 a.m. We're going to be online this week. And uh, let me just put something out there for you. The next week, the next week, so let me open up a calendar here and look. Uh, the next week, okay, so so this Sunday is uh, May 31st, and then, the, then we get into June. And that first week of June, what we're going to try to do is we're going to try to do an outdoor service. We're going to try to do an outdoor service, maybe on Thursday night, maybe on Sunday morning. And we're going to have it only at the 288 campus. And I know that's an issue for some of you who live, because we got people who live a long way away. We got people who live in Galveston who come to church, but they go to the Webster campus. And we got people from all over is what I'm saying. And so I know it'll be a little bit of, of a bummer for you, but it's just every all the equipment is already there at 288, the big parking lot, so we can park a lot of cars and seat a lot of people. So uh, we're going to have it at the 288 campus. We don't know for sure if we're going to have it because it's very weather dependent. So um, what we're going to do is we're probably going to announce it the day before. Like if it's going to be Thursday, if we see the Thursday evening is going to be fantastic weather, then we're going to announce it on Wednesday. We're going to announce it on Wednesday. If it's going to be on Sunday, we're going to announce it on Saturday. And the way we're going to announce it is we're going to send out an uh, email blast to all of our people that are on our email list, and we're going to put it on social media. So please follow us on social media and subscribe and get alerts or whatever you need to do, because when it hits, it's just going to hit. There's not going to be much advanced warning because we can't plan it far in advance because of the weather. Just ask NASA, like I said yesterday. So that's the, the first week of June. Also, the second week of June, we're going to hope to do an outdoor service as well, either on Thursday the 11th or on Sunday the 14th. And then on the 21st of June, 
We're going to register people because we can't have too many people in the building at one time. So we're going to start registering people for an indoor service at all of our campuses. That's what the plan is on June the 21st. And we're going to, we're going to put out all the disclaimers and ask people, you know, if they're sick and all that kind of stuff. And if they're in a vulnerable category and all that, and there's not going to be any new hope kids, there's not going to be any new hope students, but we are going to get together and we're going to air it out. That's the hope. That's the plan. Lord willing. Uh, but you do need to stay tuned with us for details. So sign up uh, and, and let us know. Let me uh, jump over to the comments real quick just to see who's with us right now. I just want to call out some names. Angela. Hey, Jonathan. Hey, Judy. Hey, Christy. Uh, Cindy Lou. Good to see you. Michelle Cervantes. Pastor Mike's wife. How's Pastor Mike doing? I'm glad you showed up, Michelle. I'll let Pastor Mike know that he can show up anytime. <laughs> Jane said, Pastor Mike's on Facebook. Uh, Lenore, uh, Sally, Sharon, uh, Debbie, hey, Debbie. Uh, lots of folks, lots of folks on, uh, hey, 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 Marissa. Nikki, hey, how you doing? I'm getting some hellos now, this is cool. So anyway, uh, God bless you guys, all of you. Carrie, uh, Anita, Tabitha, let me see, let me see Facebook. I'm on my wife's Facebook because once again, I can't see Facebook. Sherry, Kimberly, Renee, Lauren. Hey, Lauren. There's Mike Cervantes. Hey, he gave me an amen. That's good. Amanda, John Swatzel, uh, Junior Gordon. Hey, buddy. My daughter, Summer. Hey, Dad. She says, <laughs> Will Ballard. Hey, buddy. How you doing, man? Christy, or Crystal, uh, Larry. Yeah, man, you guys are showing up. I love it. I love it. I love it. So love you guys so much, man. You guys are so awesome. And again, thank you for just being here and being so encouraging. And I always tell you guys this, but I, I and I'm not blowing smoke. I know your encouragement to other people by just being here and uh, praying for folks and greeting folks. But you're also an encouragement to me. So thank you for that. Uh, let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, Lord, I, I thank you for this time that we've been able to, to spend together. I thank you, Lord, for not quitting on us. And Lord, I know that I'm probably talking to some people today who need some new hope in their lives. And I pray that today, today, Lord, on Friday, May 29th, that you would recharge them, fill them with your spirit again, Lord. Let them sense your presence and your love like maybe they haven't seen for a while and help us all to run with perseverance, with holy grit, the race that you have set before us. God, I pray that you would heal this land uh, from the pandemic, uh, from our issues that we have obviously going on, Lord, with uh, issues of racism and with division that we have in our land right now. Stop the this, this stupid riots, Lord, please. And uh, anyway, do, do, do a good thing in our nation, Lord. We, we need you to show up in a big way and make yourself known, Lord. I pray, God, that you watch over our church, help us to make good decisions as we move forward. Um, protect those who are well, Lord. Heal those who are sick. Get us back to work, God, so that we can glorify you with the work of our hands and put food on the table. I pray all this in Jesus' name. And all the people said, amen. Love you guys. See you Sunday morning. They're going to open up the virtual lobby at about 9.
thirty. What did Larry say? Larry, I'm trying to think what you said. Larry texted me. So the service starts at nine forty-five, and the virtual lobby is going to open at waiting on a text from Larry. Waiting on a text from Larry. The virtual lobby. Sorry, yes. 9.30, the virtual lobby will open up at 9.30 a.m. So you can come in, you can greet, and you can pray for folks. And I hope that you do. It's fun getting together, and especially, especially when we can communicate with each other. So show up and greet. All right, love you guys. We'll see you Sunday morning.